0: On today's podcast, I got a chance to catch up with my good friend, Day. He broke down exactly for me how he's able to live rent-free in one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. by leveraging Airbnb. This is a podcast you definitely don't want to miss. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Achenpalm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. We got a real special guest today. Um, He's also my friend, so that's going to make it more fun and more interesting. And so I am going to give you guys the the formal intro, and then I'll give you guys more of the, the candid piece since I know him on a personal level. So Akatunde is a project manager for an IT firm out in Los Angeles, California. His friends call him Tunde, and he was originally born in Lagos, Nigeria. He moved to the States when he was seven years old, and he was heavily involved in athletics growing up and actually received a track scholarship at East Carolina University, where he also received his MBA after working two years for a healthcare consulting firm. Alongside of his flourishing career as a consultant and project manager, he has also created a non-traditional approach to real estate investment and passive income. So with no further ado, let me introduce to you my dear friend, homie, fraternity brother, Tunde. My
1: man, thanks for the intro, man. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. How you doing? Just,
1: I'm doing well. Just just to be clear for all the other Nigerians that are listening. I told you specifically that it was Lagos, not Lagos, not Lagos, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: my man. Well I, I I appreciate the correction. Thank you. It's my all my, good, my, my apologies. It's all good. Um, it's all good. And so man, it's like you've been living your best life these past couple weeks. Man, I saw you were out in Coachella week one, then working working, air quotes side beside the uh, the Hard Rock Cafe, then out in Vegas, then back to Coachella. So you've been having a good time the past couple weeks. Uh, we
1: thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, um, yeah, I was at Coachella weekend one, and then uh, one of my, two of my East Coast buddies is getting married. So a lot of my East Coast buddies went up, were up in Vegas, so I just did a quick drive out there. It was about, you know, it wasn't too bad, so I two, three-hour drive, and then uh, came back down to L.A.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Good stuff, man. All right, so to give you guys a little background, so my first time going out to LA was actually in 2016. I had never been, so I was super excited um, to get out there. And I knew that Tunde had moved out there um, a little bit before I had had came. I'm not sure how long before I came. Um, But since I had never been, I kind of had mapped everything out, was Googling restaurants, Googling what I wanted to do. And I just kind of gave him a heads up literally like two or three days before I was coming out there just to uh, see if we could connect while I was there. His first response was, where are you staying? And I, told, I told him I had found an Airbnb. And his next response was, why? And so um, I was like, you know, I didn't want to inconvenience you. i coming out here with my wife. Didn't know what you had planned. So he uh, completely rearranged his schedule, let my wife and I actually stay in his apartment, in his room specifically, and he went to go stay with another friend. So I was forever grateful for his hospitality. Um, and then... I came out, I enjoyed myself so much, I came out to LA, I think eight months later with another friend of mine, and uh, I stayed in the same uh, apartment, however, Day wasn't there. So it was a full apartment uh, that he still uh, was renting, but he wasn't living there. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. And so he kind of had, had brought me up to speed that he was currently airbnb that particular unit, and he had another unit upstairs. Um, so a few few more months go by, I'd say another probably six or so months, and I, and I just came back out there this past March. Um and he had uh, told me about another apartment that he had. So I'm like, "Man, like what is this what is this guy doing?" So I got very intrigued by his abstract approach to renting out his apartments um by leveraging Airbnb. So we talked a little bit about what he what he's been doing and I thought it would be pretty valuable for us to kind of just talk about it on the podcast to share with you what he's doing cuz it might be something that some of you guys want to try at some point. So um Tunde is no stranger to, I guess, real estate investment. So you currently have a a condo here on the East Coast, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. When I was uh, living in Atlanta, that um, was at my first property.
0: Okay. And so, how long how long ago was that? How long, how long have you been currently renting out that property?
1: Man, I've been there for for good, what 2014. Okay. Yeah. So, but from there, um, but prior to that, I was. In grad school in, uh, in Greenville. Yeah. So moving to <laughs> moving to Atlanta was a bit of a it wasn't I was a culture shock, but as far <laughs> as pricing, it, it was a shock. Yeah. Um, you know the cost of living in Atlanta is completely different from the cost of living in in North Carolina, either Raleigh, Charlotte, furthermore, <laughs> Greenville, North Carolina. Just just to throwing numbers out there, um, my my last year in grad school, I was at an apartment complex, like 750 square feet now, with water, sewer, cable included. And I was paying five fifty a month.
0: Gosh, the good old days! My goodness, <laughs> jeez. Right. So, what I wouldn't kill for rent that cheap. Man.
1: Just, yeah. yeah. So, um, when my finished grad school I had a um, offer with a, one of one of the consulting firms out in uh, Atlanta. So I had to relocate out there. Didn't know anybody there, but I knew that you know, the cost of living was something that was you know, going from five fifty to you know, the average rent in. Atlanta in the one bedroom is about um, eleven eight to thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, eight hundred dollars depend on where you stay, right? So if you stay close to the airport, probably paying eight nine hundred. But if you're like in Midtown, which is pretty much central to everything, airport, bucket, um, you're going to be paying at least eleven to thirteen fourteen $1, $1, hundred dollars. Um, on that now, that was back in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, trying to trying to find a place I guess I got I was lucky because one of my uh, colleagues was actually already in Atlanta so she, was remember one of her realtor and um, prior to me getting to Atlanta, I had somebody already searching for me, but I still had to find a place pretty quick because I started working like literally the next the following week so, you know, trying to decide okay, I knew I wanted to be in Midtown relatively close to everything, my office was in Midtown and then, um I ended up deciding to go with, um, the, I'm not quite sure if you're familiar with, but yeah, you should know, but I decided to go with one of the high rises in, in Midtown. Now that was also an approach for me, but I decided in fact as well, right? Cause I'm still trying to keep my expenses down coming from May $5.50 a month to, you know, the average, and know in Midtown area, the average rent was probably running from 13, yeah, about 11 to 1100 to $1,400. And specifically in that era I was looking at, you know, a regular apartment was probably about 1300 Yep. Well, about, about $1,200, 1200 And then the high-rise that I wanted to, that I decided to go with was about 1350 So I was like, hey, you know what? Should I really pay this extra $100, $100 more to be in high-rise? But I was like, I mean, you know, you and I both the same thing that you probably preach to everybody else. Just because you make more money doesn't mean that you have to spend it. Right. But um, I just thought that it was a opportunity for me to, you know, first time in a new city. Just got done doing just got done with school, started making a little, a little coins in there. Like, you know what? If I'm ever gonna live in a high rise, it's probably gonna be right now. Yeah. Right? So I decided to, to go that route.
0: Nice, nice. And so, from there, when did you move out to LA?
1: Um, I. That was probably maybe about three years later. So, well, I'm, the same unit that I was renting um, a year later. Uh, my, my, my landlord, who actually happens to be a real estate investor, I mean, you know, he approached me and was like, hey, it's been a year since you've been living here. I'm sure you probably like it, but I'm about to, I'm, I'm planning on selling the unit within the next three weeks. Um, I'm not going to mean, I, I know your financial situation. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for you to to purchase this property. You know, I'll give you two weeks before I list it. You know, you can contact your realtor and you can have her reach out to me, but I think that it's a, it's a great way to get into real estate, uh, if that's something that you want, um, I mean, for me, it was—it's all about the numbers game, and <laughs> you know, going from renting all your life to having to decide to buy a unit within three weeks—it's—it's—it's it's, it's big. It's a big decision. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a commitment. I mean, heck, I have commitment issues. I have—I even, <laughs> don't even—I don't—I don't even feel comfortable paying for cable. Like, I can't
0: can do that. <laughs> and I and I can I can vouch for this because, like I said, I have stay him every time that I've. I've been in L.A., and we were watching Netflix the last time I was out there, so.
1: This right, is- <laughs> you're, not, you're not locking me down for a year. Nah, not
0: so, um, you know, across the numbers, I was paying 1350 for rent,
1: having a mortgage with, the, with HOA fees, has been about 1400, 1450, so difference of $100 more, but, you know, like, I have to completely change my mindset that, you know, it's, 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 this wasn't really about a commitment, but more of an investment, right? Right. So, decided to purchase the unit. Um, and then, you know, I was working as a consultant at the time. So, driving, so actually flying back and forth. I, I was based in Atlanta, but my client was based, was uh, was in New York. So, I mean, you know the consultant a lot, you know, traveling, hardly ever home. I feel like we, we all have to put our, um, yeah, I think you have to always decide where you are and where you want to be. And also know the, the factors that are around you, right? Like, I know that for me, I wanted to see if there was a way that I could possibly live in the, in the city that I was working at the time I was living in New York. And um, I have to decide the divide between you know, the points that I'm getting every week staying in New York or potentially putting my unit up for rent and the uh, my company putting me in a corporate apartment. Right. So I know I'm a lot, of, I'm really in numbers, you, you know this, but yeah. I pretty much created an Excel sheet. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, so I go to see this client every single week. And I had just found out that it was going to be uh, a two-year extension for our firm to work with them. So I'm like, I go to see this client every week. Average flight is about, you know, $400, right, from New York to Atlanta. I mean, from Atlanta to New York round trip. And we know the hotels that we're staying in, it's in in Midtown. That's roughly about $300, $400 per per night, per person. I know, for instance, like, we were literally spending $2,000 a week on just being able to provide client services. So in about a whole month, you know, you add that up, that's almost eight grand. So I had this proposal to the project manager at the time. I told him, like, hey, look, I am open to staying in New York. If you guys put me in a corporate apartment, I already did some research and it comes out to be about, about I think it was like $4,000 a month. So, I mean, as far as long-term savings, the client is clearly saving half of what, they, what it would cost for... To come out there, but you know, in the, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of how I can leverage. Uh, I can, you know, I think that everyone always has to put yourself in a position to leverage your resources in the, in, in the way that it, it benefits you. Um, so they approved it. I got a corporate apartment in New York, and um, I was renting out my unit uh, full time. So I have somebody in. The, I have somebody in my unit in Atlanta paying for my mortgage and every single month I was saving that $1,400 which definitely outweighs the
0: three four hundred points that I was getting per night in a hotel with Gilson, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, so you just you did the math basically.
1: Exactly, exactly and so did that for two years and I relocated to Atlanta, and then that's when I had an opportunity to relocate to Los Angeles and you know it's something different when you have, when you used to not pay rent Right. For the past two years, to um, moving to one of the cities that has the highest rent in the country. Yeah. So um, for me, it was just it, I mean it was just another life change. Um, I want to say it was a culture shock because I mean I've been out to California quite a few times. But um, it was it was I think at that time it was just what I needed. Right. because I, I I got off the road. I get this opportunity to work from home and um, no longer have to travel after six years of consulting and traveling living out of a suitcase pretty much and I'll be honest with you I've I've never been so excited to be leftovers like I do right now like it's it's
0: amazing yeah you know what that's that's funny that makes sense now because to his point like I was just out there at the end of last month and you know so he's he's cooking he's meal prepping so he's like me in the sense maybe even a little better in the sense of uh saving money and, and being frugal when it comes to uh eating out and So, when I'm out in LA, though, it's like, man, I'm on vacation. So, I'm trying to go out. He had food prepared the whole time. So, I didn't spend probably normally as much as I would because every day I came home, he was heating something up or, or making something new. So, I can also vouch for that. He's telling y'all the truth. <laughs> um,
1: He's gonna put my out there. Don't smart. put you I mean, out in the streets,
0: man. Time. Don't put <laughs> yeah, you out no, in the streets. <laughs> it be bad because, like, you know, you get people to come to visit you and other folks. i like, so,
1: where, where's the best place to eat? Where do you recommend? I'm like, uh, to be honest with you, <laughs>
0: My kitchen, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he can throw that out a little bit. I'm not. I'm not gonna take it away from a him. Little, a, a little, little something. something. A little we did something. get to a little try little a really dope Korean barbecue spot though. My last night there, we. I think you agree that was a, that was a good move though, right? I can't. What was the name of that place? Uh man, Road to South. Yeah, Yes. So if y'all are ever in LA in Koreatown, you got to try Road to South. Road to Seoul, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. So so now you're out in LA. You go from. Uh, being in Atlanta to being in New York for a corporate client and renting out your place full time, so now you're uh, headfirst into real estate investing to a degree. Move out to LA, get an apartment out here. Cost of living is dramatically different. Um, so now, kind of, what's your thought process? Because, because I, I guess I don't know the full timeline. All I know is I come out there. I think it was spring of 2016, and then the next thing I know. I come back six to eight months later, and you got a whole unit rented out. So, kind of, kind of, bring me up to speed on how you got there.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I moved to LA January of 2016, okay. and um, you know that was, it was a major move for me, in particular because you know you have to factor in the cost of living. Um, I mean, even though I was making you know pretty decent, pretty decent money, like the, the cost of living was high. Yeah. In order to get ahead of that, you know, you have to sort of kind of think. Outside the box, or sort of like the situation I had when I when I was living in New York, right? Because everybody has either a short term or a long term financial goal that they have to reach, and every penny that you can save, or every hundred dollars you can save a month, gets you there faster. Um, so I just you know started looking into Airbnb, and um, I, fortunately for me, one of my friends that I had uh, networked in prior to moving to LA, um, she was in the film industry, she was a contractor. So she was going to be out of the out of the you know, the her apartment or um, out of California for three months for a cause. I think she was like filming one of the Survivor shows on an island or something. So she was like, Hey, you know, you could just you know house it for me, you can, um, you can pretty much take over my lease while I'm gone for three months and you can you know, shoot me a thousand dollars and I was like, Oh, I am on it, sure, no problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. I have <laughs> I have never been so easy to pay a thousand dollars a month for rent. Because I mean, everything else I was looking at for one bedroom was was running thirteen, fourteen. I had to sign right then and there, you know, because to get starting work. But I, it was just really, really fortunate and really blessed for her to give me the opportunity, and it gave me a good chance to understand the city that I was going to be um, that I was going to be living with, that I was going to be living in.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So
1: it gave me time to explore the city, um, to find you know things that I was into, the the, the gym, the groceries. But I mean, it was just, I pretty much took all the lessons learned that I had when I moved from North Carolina to Atlanta, and I just implemented it in when I moved to Los Angeles because I didn't feel rushed. I had a chance to actually understand what value I was getting, location, you know, just the typical um, typical things that you want to iron out prior, prior to moving. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, so I had two. So, I had about two, about two three months to get a good lay of the land, and um, of course, factoring the, the cost of living differential from North Carolina to Atlanta and, and L A. And at the end of the day, it's all about trying to understand true value, right? Like you clearly have to sit there, and it's not like you're cutting the red cord, the red cord or the blue cord in an action movie, or the bombs gonna blow up. It's deciding do I really need a washing machine or a parking or a parking or a parking, or a parking, or a parking spot. Right. For $600 extra, right? Yeah, so, I mean, with LA, the location is pretty much everything. Um, ideally, the location I was looking for was slightly above, not, not slightly, it was above my price range. Um, was, I wanted to be pretty much close to the center, not center of downtown, but center of the city. So, I can mean, average commute-wise would be 15 to 20 minutes um, anywhere. Uh, one bedrooms were running for like $1,700 a month, two bedrooms, probably twenty seven and 3000 yeah, that's not crazy. Uh, I know. I, mean, I No, it's, I'm not paying that. <laughs> I refuse to pay that. Um, so I was looking at different avenues, and um, I'm not quite sure what it's like in Charlotte right now. I haven't been here in a while, but gentrification is real in Los Angeles. Um, so if you're if you if you're able to find, like, an older building that an um, investment company comes in and they cut the inside and everything's pretty much brand new. Yeah, the outside of the building might still be a little bit old, they might throw a pin on there, but as far as the inside, it's still pretty much like a brand new apartment. And if it's relatively close to the location that you want, those are the hidden gems. Um, so I'm in mean, the case to find those hidden gems and, and to lock it, in, lock it down quickly. So I found my place, um, and it was a two bedroom two baths. Um, I know that for me, I had always lived by myself from grad school to Atlanta to, and I just did not see myself Wanting to have a roommate being in Los Angeles. So, but I, but realistically, I had to in order for me to (laughs) to afford it. I mean, I could afford a one bedroom, but it just wouldn't be in the smart move as far as um, where I was allocating my, my, my funds and my income, my resources. Um, So that's where I thought of Airbnb. Like, you know what, what can I do to have, because you know, George, you know, I'm funny about my space.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What can I do? still have the income for someone else to be living as a roommate but i don't have to see them every day yeah right um and that option i don't know what sparked that idea i think that um, a few of my buddies in atlanta they had started doing it right before i was about to move so um i found a pretty decent two-bedroom um i believe it ran me about nineteen hundred dollars but it was literally four I mean it was where you were at literally five minutes from downtown yeah and, and the five and if you were gone downtown five minutes that square footage that I had that unit easily would have been 3000 or $3,500 yeah so um I found the location I found a place I I signed a lease but in the same time I tried to build a relationship with the property manager which is really really important because um lot of apartment complexes are they're they're not too fun or too keen on Airbnb so if you're able to I mean we'll probably discuss this um later on but if you're able to build that relationship with the property manager um and and I think that the property and the building is also important um if you can ideally if you can have a situation where you have an Airbnb guest come in and they have minimal interactions with your neighbors probably the better because it's less questions being asked, because a lot of apartment complexes aren't, they they do not accept Airbnb. Um, I think that you and I had a brief conversation about this, and you mentioned in Charlotte, um, they're not too keen on that idea either. Yeah,
0: it has to be like the perfect storm, it it seems like that's what your situation was, I mean, granted, it was calculated nonetheless, I know you you thought through every nuance and detail, but it has... it's not, it's more than meets the eye, basically, right? It's like, it can't exactly. be like, oh, I got an extra bedroom, my apartment, I should totally do Airbnb. There's a, there's a lot more that goes into it, which we'll talk about um, as we get into the podcast further. But but yeah, right. okay, So so really quick, so you got the two-bedroom with the foresight initially of knowing that you were going to Airbnb it?
1: I got the two bedroom with the four have note that I was gonna Airbnb the second bedroom.
0: Yeah, Not the second bedroom. Okay, gotcha.
1: So yeah, so I did a little research and I, you know, logged onto the Airbnb website and I looked for what the average two bedroom and two bathrooms were going for in the area relatively close to the area that I was that I was gonna be moving to, that I was gonna be living in, that I was gonna be Airbnb that unit. And I crashed the numbers, I'm like, wait, this is a almost two or three times more lucrative to air out the both bedrooms rather than one so I, I made a few edits to my uh to my Airbnb page and i published it and within a week i had moved into the apartment and within a week i was booked for the whole month wow uh, yeah no don't george don't say wow because now i have to find new apartment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so um uh, yeah so I plugged, I plugged the listing and I was immediately the whole apartment was well the two bedrooms bath was booked for uh, for the month. and I literally had to find another apartment to live in within the next week and a half. Like I mentioned earlier, um, gentrification is is, is is a big thing here in, um, in Los Angeles and my property manager who I had the relationship with mentioned, hey, um, if you know anybody that's looking for an apartment, we're making renovations to one of the units on the top floor. Um, you can just feel free to send on my way, and I was like, you know, just let me check it out. So I, so I sent a form with her the next day, and I went upstairs. It's the same building that I, my, the same building I'm living in. Um, went upstairs, checked it out. I walked in. I automatically knew based off of how much um, I knew about value, square footage, uh, location, and amenities that came with the building. Two parking spots. I was like, yeah. So um, sign me up. And do not post this ad and lock me in immediately. <laughs> it's like, so how are you going to have a? How uh, are you going to have two beds? How are you going to have two apartments? Like I said earlier, it's all about the relationship, right? I was like, I mean, as far as income, that's all you guys are worried about, right? She's like, yeah, but you still would have two apartments on your name. I was like, I, I pretty much, it's all about relationships, right? Yeah. And I mean, she knew that I was, I would never put myself in a position where I am unable to afford two apartments. It's just based off the numbers that I ran and just the need for um, for for housing alternatives in Los Angeles. And which goes back to the biggest point too, right? I think we we'll probably discussed this later on, but LA is a vacation city. It's a vacation state. I mean California's vacation state people come here all the time. There is no off season, right? So that's one of the biggest factors that probably led to the large flux of Booking, um, a booking request that I received when I published the ad. So I was able to get the second. I was able to get the second unit upstairs in the same building, and it's also a two bedroom, two bath. But I just decided that you know what, I'm not going to list both bedrooms and both bathrooms. I'm just going to list one, so that way I would still be able to get the income to cover that second half of the rent, mm-hmm. and not have to. Have a roommate, and honestly, Jody, even yourself—if you think about it, right? When you travel, how often are you in the hotel? How often are you at the house or your people? When you go, when you go back home, how often are you ever really at home? Yeah. So in this situation, it just worked out perfect. I get the income from from their stay, and I do not get the interaction of having a roommate.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's love. Because you think about it, like when you're on vacation, you're not you're cooking. You're not just hanging around chilling. You're going out and seeing the city, and it really hit home, it really hit home for me because when I was out there uh, last month, this is how this is how good of a friend he is. So I hit again last minute because I actually had a uh, flight voucher that I had to use. I forgot about. I was about to expire, and literally like booked it. And then the next day was like, "Yo, kind of coming out to LA? Um, can I stay with you?" <laughs> and because he usually stays so booked up, he already had somebody there, but he let me crash on the couch. Hopefully that didn't impact his rating (laughs) um but uh yeah so the guests were there and they weren't right so they came in checked in i think pretty late like the next day from when i got there and then i probably saw them a total of 17 minutes my entire time being there uh if that so
1: he's he's right Right, and it was actually the same guest that recommended that we should go to Road to South, right?
0: Exactly, so that's the other thing. You get to meet a bunch of new people. They give you new suggestions. Yeah, so that that, does bring up an interesting point. So, like, initially, before you knew that, like, the guests weren't going to be there, like, was it weird for you thinking about the idea of letting a bunch of strangers in your house?
1: Um, not really. Um, When I first started, it was... And trust me, I'm, you know, I'm a techie, and I honestly bet at everyone before they came into my space and came into my property. But I mean, I think that Airbnb has such a strict and such a solid platform that they just aren't going to allow any, I hate to say this, but any, um, uh, any crazies on the user platform. (laughs) Plus, another thing you should go off of is the individuals that you have coming to your home, you can read their, their, you can read their reviews. From yeah. previous posts and the same thing with um, vice versa right before they come
0: to your home they're able to read the reviews that other guests have, wrote, have written right so it, it goes it goes both
1: ways um so my acceptance policy was pretty strict in the beginning but now i just have a i just have open where they can book instantly without me having to bet because airbnb already
0: have that strenuous vetting process right makes sense makes sense Okay, so we've kind of loosely talked about um, numbers a little bit just in terms of cost of living differences and how you came to the realization um, in terms of making decisions if Airbnb uh, made sense. Uh, but I, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper just so that we aren't painting this unrealistic picture, right? Because I, I don't want people to listen to this podcast and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to go out and rent three apartments and they're all going to be booked up the entire month and everything's going to be gravy. <laughs> Right. I know that there's a lot of planning and preparation and execution that goes into that process. So um, I guess the first question is, and this is you know kind of generic. I know it's not going to be blanket for everybody. It's going to be probably relative to their area and where they live. But like from your vantage point, how much would you say you might want to have on reserve um, before you start going down this process of trying to list a room or an apartment on Airbnb?
1: Right. Um, I'll actually answer that in two phases. I mean, straight up, I would say that, well, it's, it's for me, it's different because another shock was that when I relocated out here, you know how in North Carolina, when you move into a new apartment, you know, you just have to pay the first month's rent, and then you know, get the lights turned on, and you're good to go. Right. right. No, that's not the case here. These people want you, <laughs> they want the first and the last month's rent, so... If you think about it, if you have average two-bedroom, $2,000 for your first month's rent, $2,000 for your last month's rent, off immediately, you're already paying yeah.
0: $4,000 off the gate right?
1: before, before you even get the key. Actually, you no, know, it's more like $2,500. i am just going to still realistic. It's probably like $2,500 for, for a two-bedroom. So off will gate, you're paying $5,000 before you even get the key, right? <sighs> and then, yeah, I know. And then, um, when you factor in, you know, the furniture, getting the lights turned on, I everything—it's mean, pretty much just like if you hate moving, starting an Airbnb might not be for you. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if you're into setting up decor, setting up an apartment, having a vision—if you're creative on that, in that space, it might be a thing for you. And I mean, there are so many different avenues that you can use too to decrease your expenses for furnishing. Um, I believe that I told you about offer up. Yeah, um, I, I literally live and die by offer up. I, nowadays, I buy everything offer up. Offer up, Michael Trella ticket. Offer up. No way. The, the chair that I'm sitting on right now. Offer up. My phone <laughs> that I'm using. Offer
0: up. What? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I took immediate yeah. action. Like I, uh, when you told me about, it, I think he had uh, he had a guest that left. What? What was it? Uh, a vacuum sealer without i don't know what the formal <laughs> name of it is so i was like let me check this offer up thing that he's talking about and so i saw it's legit I, I put some like adidas sweatpants on there just to see and lo and behold somebody bought them so uh yeah offer up is a thing definitely is a thing it's,
1: I, I say it's like craigslist without the crazies
0: <laughs> Craig, correct that's that should be there you, you should uh uh coin that <laughs> and sell it to him sell him the ip <laughs> like craigslist without the crazies. i mean and you can always
1: <laughs> always negotiate too right not, yeah. nothing's set in stone so as far as house as far as start starting up i would say about five thousand um, dollars for me right depending on where you live right you have to pay to, whatever it costs for you to get the key and then furnishing mm-hmm. furnishing why you need to look at every avenue that you can possibly save um save save some money either if it's yard sale or or um anyway you can furnish a unit without it being from a uh Ashley's Furniture or you know all those other furniture stores I do not recommend you go there because I mean believe it or not people do have a, some really really nice things on On, I mean I, I don't know how up is in, in your area but here everybody's moving and everybody's literally moving every day right so if you can find somebody that it has to get out of their apartment like a day or in like two or three days and they're pretty much selling everything in their unit and they have a really you know a good taste like modern furniture, modern chairs, modern couches, modern decor, that will be your best bet. You can literally buy up their whole apartment and negotiate the price down. Um, I know that's what I did for, you know, the unit that you were, um, that I live in right now. I had someone that literally had to go back to France because she was done with school and I literally bought up her whole apartment and I negotiated the prices down. Nice, nice.
0: Okay, so you want to have, depending upon your area, obviously situational based, but you wanna have whatever yeah. the security deposit plus you know whatever you rent or whatever is required for that. And you wanna use creative avenues to try to furnish exactly. the apartment because you have to furnish. You can't just walk in and say, Hey, I got this empty apartment with no couch and no bed, you have to furnish it. But you can be creative in that process and not right. A okay. And there's the
1: second part of that, so the answer is two bases. I mean, you don't have to start big by starting with a whole nother um, by getting a whole new apartment. You can start with yours if you live in Charlotte. You know, you know is weekend's coming up. You have some pretty decent stuff. Going. I don't know when CIA is coming up, but any best that you know is going on in the city, take pictures of your of your home, post it up, add some detailed descriptions on it. And you know, you, you every Airbnb has a filter where you can each person that uh, applies to stay at your home, they have to have certain requirements. So you can have it really strict. They might need to have two or three or more than five reviews that are positive. They have to have government ID. You know, I mean, everybody's funny about their space, but Airbnb does a great job of making sure that uh, your home is. It sounds like an all-state commercial. Your home is in good hands.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Got okay.
1: Uh, and, it, and it's insured too, which is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so another question. So yeah. if you if you look at how much, and I guess we can start with the first unit and then work our way to where you are now. So if you look at how much your rent was, which you've so graciously shared with us, and then look at the amount of money that you were bringing in, how much were you netting off that property? And then if you could walk us through the other two that you currently have as well. Right. Okay. So.
1: First apartment that I initially had all intentions of living in, I believe I got that for 1995 or so I'd say about $2,000, give or take. Um, in one month, I was probably turning around, I would say $3,500 $3, a month consistently, average. Nice. Uh, so roughly, that's about $1,500 worth of um, income, excess income. Nice. You know, I, not that, that also, not that $1,500, that also includes, you know, the, the service that I paid for the cleaning lady, for the, my cleaning service, um, laundry, all that good stuff, but, I mean, I would say profit-wise would be between 1000 to $1,500 extra profit just off of the unit downstairs. Nice. Now, the unit that I lived in, um, I was making, I mean, let's say the rent, I believe, it's a little bit more expensive, like twenty two or $2,300, but, uh, I was making maybe renting out the other room. I would say possibly around averaging seven to eight hundred dollars. Yeah, seven to eight hundred dollars. But when you factor in the eight seven to eight hundred dollars that I was making off of the unit that I was living in, and the fifteen hundred dollars that I was uh, that I was getting from the unit downstairs, right? And my rent is roughly twenty three hundred dollars. I'm pretty much living rent free. Right. Nice. And I could, and I mean, my end goal ideally would be to purchase a home out here in California. But it's, I mean, <laughs> really, out here is a whole other piece of its so own. you have to have a dual income household, <laughs> strong income to even be considered for a deposit. You know, I average homes here for a two bedroom, two bath house is like $500,000. ridiculous, I know. Ooh. So, I mean, and I, and I know that now, going, I knew that before I came in here, so any way that I can say a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month, or not having to pay somebody else two thousand dollars just to live, I was gonna take it. So, yeah. just fully really trying to build this up. Um, that's, that, that's the end goal,
0: yeah. So, somehow, in one of the areas of our country with the highest cost of living, you are somehow living rent free. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? I told you, we thank God. <laughs> <What> you think, <laughs> but oh uh, man, that's good. Goes, that's, that's good stuff. Man. That is really good stuff. Uh, so, moving right along, um, you mentioned it briefly, um, and just in terms of you have like sounds like a cleaning lady, and um, I guess they do the laundry for where the guest sleeps and, the, and also the towels and whatnot that they use. So, yeah. beyond that, like, is this kind of a, a time commitment for you? Like, is there a big time co- commitment that goes into this process?
1: Um. Initially, it was because you know I'm thinking like, okay, well if I have to pay twenty five dollars an hour for a cleaning service, I need at least two or three hours. That's fifty dollars. Uh. You know. You know. I also mentioned that I work from home, so initially when I was when I started doing this during my lunch break. I you know because it was convenient enough that the unit that I was Airbnb out downstairs. Uh, that was Airbnb. That was in the same building I was living in. So I would literally during my lunch break I would go downstairs, clean it up. You know, run back upstairs, get on my call, finish up my work, and have the unit you know ready for the next client. I'm ready, ready for the next um, next guest. But at the end of the day, I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, is this, am I really going to give up an hour of my day for this fifty dollars that I'm trying to save, or should I just outsource this and give myself a? I mean, it was it, can, it was, initially it was time to me because I was trying to cut avenues on saving, right? But it got to a point where I just got so busy with work and life and other things that I had going on, I just could not sustain committing to doing the laundry for another unit uh clean the other unit so i think i did that for about a month and i was like you know what it's just best for me just to outsource this and that that's made my life a lot easier and everything's pretty much automated right now um my cleaning service they do a stellar job uh, and they uh you know the biggest thing is communication right so they're aware of when i have guests checking out guests coming in um, and it's literally like clockwork and it, I mean it took me a while to get it to be automated I don't want you to think that oh well step or finger everything's gonna go but uh, I've had the same cleaning service for about two years and uh, everything's pretty much automated there, as far as time commitment there isn't much time commitment on my end um, as far as messaging the guests that come in and go out I already have everything um, with, the applica- with the Airbnb application you're able to save your messages so it's literally like of our copy and paste yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so it gives an introduction I like the, it's less time on my hand as far as managing this it's pretty much automated to this to this point it took me about a good three to four or five months to actually iron it down
0: gotcha you, gotcha you. and yep. just to back up for a second uh, and correct me if I'm wrong I think I feel like I remember you saying that outside of the unit that you have. Uh, upstairs the one you got downstairs are you do you also have another unit in la as well or no
1: yeah i do that was in april when you literally just got when you got here yeah um
0: yeah okay so tell me about that one a little bit. so so is it is it a similar uh setup. similar unit similar setup yeah um it's actually a two-bedroom one bath okay i went
1: that route specifically because of it was less expensive. Yeah. But it was closer to LA Live, downtown, uh, well, yeah, LA Live, which is like our uh, midtown, downtown area. And I mean, if you, the biggest way to increase your revenue is to decrease your expenses, right? So yeah. the fact that I was only paying less than, those, I believe, like 18 or $1,900, $1,800 for that unit, and, you know, that's doing pretty well as far as booking. Uh, and of course, like, like I mentioned earlier, that upfront cost, you know, I I think I believe the, the numbers that I that I hashed out, you, you're not really going to see a return until you uh, your break even until uh, I think month three. Okay. But it's based off of your demand, right? So like, fortunate enough that it's relatively close to LA Live, and you know, the break even. that like, when I say break even, um, I, I mean like if I if I put in eight thousand dollars to get the unit started, how long is it going to take me? to recover that eight thousand dollars and then everything else after that eight thousand dollars is going to be profit right. that, that includes um you know the monthly grant etc right so yeah. i believe in about four months i will reach that break even and everything else will be profit going towards <laughs> that end goal
0: <laughs> yeah that end goal makes sense so if you had to ballpark it um what would you be clearing above that particular property each month once you're once you're past the break-even point? I
1: you would to, say. You had to guess. I would say probably fifteen hundred dollars. Wow!
0: So you're possibly. looking at uh, possibly. possibly. Okay, yeah. so low in fifteen hundred, possibly two thousand. So you're clearing all in, what just close to four grand? when it's all said and done? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we would say that. Yeah, because you figure you figure 2,200 plus another 1,000, another 1,500, yeah, I mean, close to it. It means even if you're on the low end, that's, that's phenomenal. We haven't even talked about what you're clearing in your, on your Atlanta property. How much above your rent are you clearing there? Or excuse me, above your mortgage are you clearing there? I know it's probably, yeah. obviously the numbers are a little bit less because that's a traditional scenario, so you're not yeah. uh, able to charge as much, but...
1: Right, I mean, with that approach, it was just more of a strategic thing. It's like, how can, how can I get to, how can, how can what's the most efficient way for me to relocate to Los Angeles without having to worry about a mortgage in Atlanta? Yeah. So I literally am either, I believe I'm breaking evening or coming up about 50 bucks or 60, 50 or 70 bucks. But for me, it's not really like, oh, I'm only coming up 70 or 80, $70 or on, on a unit monthly. It's more about... That equity that I'm
0: building, right, um, and, someone, and someone else is paying down your mortgage.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, man this this has been some very insightful information. So, I guess knowing what you know now, um, is there anything that you would have done differently? Anything that I would have done differently? Yeah. I mean, even though it seems to be going phenomenally well, just curious um, if you could have rewound. Back to when you first moved out to L.A., have, would you have approached this any different? Are there any things you would have done differently?
1: Honestly, George, I really don't think so, man. Everything just definitely blessed and everything just happened to align with the way that I had planned and I mapped it out. Um, yeah. I haven't had any hooks yet. Um, I don't think that I honestly would have done anything different. Everything just happened to be to line up with my short-term long-term goals and, and outcomes that I had wished and hoped for.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's, a, that's a fair statement, I think, because, I mean, my three trips to LA all happened within 18 months, and so all this has happened within that window, so it seems like things have been going pretty well. Again, I know that you are a numbers guy, and that Excel sheet is probably highlighted and formulated to death, um, so I know you <laughs> I know you thought it through very much, but I was just curious if there was anything that um, came to mind, but that's good. Okay. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to anyone who's considering starting a similar journey? Right, they 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 hear this podcast and they're like, you know what, uh, maybe this this Airbnb life is for me. Like, what advice would you give to somebody getting started today?
1: If you don't like sharing your space, then it's not for you. You know, like a lot of, I mean, I'm I'm the same way too. Like, I'm, I don't like sharing my space, but I love money. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like that's that's the end goal. I mean, but my drive might be different from other people's, right? I know that situation I live right now. I refuse to pay two thousand dollars to a landlord, and it's just gonna go in the trash, and it's not going towards anything. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else, George.
0: okay? So, you don't like sharing your space, this is not the route for you but
1: yeah the is definitely not a route for you um, if you think of sorry I just thought about this uh, definitely know that there are going to be some unexpected expenses um, Georgie, I mean you said you said clear about 4000 but I think I think that overall on average I would say probably three because there's always an expense right like you have to take care of the cleaning service supplies at the house that might that somehow toasters might end up missing and you don't know until like three weeks later and you don't know which guest it was you know you don't I bought like four different hair dryers over the past six months. <laughs> like the things that I used to do in hotels when I was young. Yeah. I think, to me, right now.
0: <laughs> Got gotcha. you. Karma, nah, no, I know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Okay. Tell me about so, about it. so
1: meet. there are a lot of unexpected expenses, and I'm not saying. And the biggest thing is you also have to be careful of the location that you're in too. I just have the fortune to be in California, right? I'm not saying that this is going to be the same thing that happens if you're in. Uh, Greenville, North Carolina, or, or, or I think, you know, Raleigh's, Raleigh and Charlotte, those are probably great cities, but, you know, those are the only things I think of right now, but I can't really. Just make sure you do your research, and the best way to start, I would say, is to look at the, the property that you're looking at getting into. Do a Airbnb search and see how much the other properties in, that, in those areas are, are going for. That way you're able to see, okay, if I have this unit, that pretty much square footage wise is the same. Two bedroom too bad. It's currently going for um for instance two hundred dollars a night. Let's say give or take, I ran out fifty percent. Um, we can also look at the availability calendar of the of the other hmm. units that are here That's a good point. So you yeah so you're able to see if okay, well I see that this unit is styled this way. It's decor this way. This must be what the market is trending towards. And if he or she is able to have fifty percent occupancy throughout the month, wow, they're really bringing in this amount. Okay, so it's two hundred dollars a night. They are have fifty percent occupancy, so that's roughly three thousand dollars for fifteen days, give or take. Right, and you know that the rent in that area is $2,000 that lets you know that that's a thousand dollars worth of profit and then you know give or take expenses take off $500 for all of that and then you're like okay that's $500 worth of extra income that I can put towards my income, whatever that may be it could be towards childcare could be towards Sally
0: Mae <laughs> 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 you know it's just you have to do your research and
1: know the market and I think that that plat- the Airbnb platform is a great way to uh, to do
0: that well there you have it folks Well. First and foremost, thank you for uh, getting in the weeds a little bit and sharing all the, the numbers and nuances of how you how you make this thing work. I'm sure it'll be very helpful for a lot of people. Um, the last question I have is something that I ask every one of my guests. Um, and the question is, what do you feel you're doing right now with your current lifestyle to prepare for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow? Now, at face value, essentially, you probably told us that throughout uh, the podcast by just being... Uh, proactive with your approach um, to what you're doing with Airbnb, but just if you could put that into words, uh, what would that be? What
1: do I feel like I'm doing right now that I'm contributing towards building a legacy? Correct. For my future. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: what am I doing right now? I think that um, it's key that we all understand that we have to have more than one stream of income because if you depend on only one stream of income, I mean, I, I, everybody's different, right? Heck, you might have one stream of income. You could be making $200,000 a year. Great, fantastic. But on average, all of us aren't like that, right? So like, you have to make sure that you're able to have some form of income that can sustain or maintain you and your lifestyle. Um, if you're if you're in a situation where your mainstream, your main income is it's not available, and it could be something different. Like, I know... It could, heck, it could be. It could be. I uh, think I'm not quite sure if It's in Charlotte Turo? Turo yeah, like I
0: actually a- use that. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It could be that. It could be Airbnb. It could be a part time job, or it could be something that has to do with your passion. I know me personally. I like, believe it or not, decorating. I have. I love watching HGTV. I, it's probably my. If I turn my TV on right now, it's probably on HGTV over Sports Center. Like that's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just my thing. But uh, I, I think that's that, that's the key. You just have to understand that you have to have more than one stream, one stream on Ping
0: Like it. I like it. Well, thanks for your time today, Tune Day. Uh, we had a great time uh, hearing about your Airbnb journey. And uh, we hope that somebody takes action on the advice and tips that you shared today.
1: Oh, anytime, George. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Action Palm, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.